بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين Inshallah, if I get the confirmation, we can continue. Okay. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Alhamdulillah, we are able to have once again our session on Surah Taha. As you know, we reached the verse 120. This is part of the story about Prophet Adam السلام, which had been mentioned in several places in the Quran like Surah Baqarah for example in Surah Taha also we have some important uh, verses about Prophet Adam السلام. as you remember we, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warned Adam السلام, about the danger of listening to shaitan Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told that if you look at verse 117 فَقُلْنَا يَا آدَمْ إِنَّ هَذَا عَدُوبٌ لَكَ وَلَّزَوْجِكَ فَلَا يُخْرَجَنَّكُمَا مِنَ الْجَنَّةِ فَتَشْقَى this referring to Iblis this is an enemy of you and your wife so be careful not to let him send you outside garden or heaven because otherwise you would have a miserable life okay and Allah said that as long as you are here you don't have to worry about you know hunger about thirst about dress about heat but فَوَسْوَسَ إِلَيْهِ الشَّيْطَانِ But Iblis, as was anticipated, as was, you know, predicted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whispered to him or, you know, made some temptations, some evil suggestions. Because, you know, if Iblis was saying clearly that my intention is to deceive you and to send you outside heaven Adam was not going to listen actually not only Adam many human beings if they know what is right what is wrong in that particular case they know it in principle but sometimes in a particular case they don't know that this is why they make mistakes and I believe that many people, if they know the truth and truth and falsehood are not mixed, they will go only for the truth. The problem is that sometimes we think something is right, but in reality, this is not right. We think this is true, but in reality, it's not true. This is the problem. So, the deception here was that shaitan appeared to them as a person who wishes them good indeed we have a hadith 
that Adam السلام, never thought that anyone can you know say something wrong something false you know there is a hadith in Bihar al-Anwar volume 11 page 163 uh, which is narrated by Allama Majlisi rahmatullah alayhi as you know Bihar al-Anwar is compiled by Allama Majlisi Muhammad Baghir Majlisi rahmatullah alayhi but his own reference is Tafsir Qummi Tafsir Ali ibn Ibrahim Qummi the hadith is hadith number 7 in page 163 of volume 11. Rawiya and Abi Abdullah Imam Sadiq has been quoted as saying, Adam min al -jannah, When Adam uh, came down and uh, came to the earth, Jibrail went to him and said to him, O oh Adam, didn't God create you with his hand? Of course, not physical hand, means his own power and will. And blew, blowing, did, didn't he blow into you uh, from, your, from his spirit and made angels to do sajda for you? and also made you able to marry Eve and asked you to settle in heaven and told you that you can you know benefit from it and also told you not to eat from that tree but you ate and disobeyed so Jebrail said Allah has done so much good for you but why did you disobey this is the point that I am you know, concerned about. فَقَالَ آدَمْ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ يَا جَبْرَائِلِ أو جبرائيل إِنَّ إِبْلِيسَ حَلَفَ لِي بِاللَّهِ أَنَّهُ لِي نَاصِحِ جبرائيل swore and said, you know, by God I want good for you. فَمَا ظَنَنْتُ أَنَّ أَحَدًا مِنْ خَلْقِ اللَّهِ يَحْلِفُ بِاللَّهِ كَاذِبًا I never thought that a person can swear by God falsely. Okay? So, this is very important. He never thought that someone can be so bad that he says something falsely and still swears by God. Okay. So, Iblis Vasvasa. Iblis made evil suggestions and the way he tried to deceive them was this he said oh adam so perhaps this was also a point he mentioned adam by name and this shows that you know so this must be a person who knows him and you know who has some knowledge some familiarity some acquaintance so he said ya adam oh adam hal adulluka Shall I guide you? You know, so he put himself in a position of a guide, someone who knows and wants to help. Shall I guide you towards 
a tree which is the tree of permanence hold permanence eternity and a kingdom which is not going to perish so he knows our psychology he knows that we human beings and Adam was an exception we human beings have desire for permanence which is of course by itself good this desire is good and that is the desire that if we really want to satisfy we should try to satisfy it by going to eternal heaven inshallah this is why Allah in many places in the Quran says hum fiha khaledun because we want to be eternal so he knew the psychology of human beings he said shall I tell you shall I teach you shall I guide you towards a tree of eternity and a tree of eternal kingdom it means that there is a tree that if you eat from that tree your life would be forever you are not going to die and you would have eternal kingdom so it's not that you are only alive you know because imagine for example if you are told that you can be alive for endless number of years but you will not be able to have any power any money any health no pleasure so what is the point but if you are given the ability to secure your eternal life plus a kingdom which is not going to perish which is not going to stop then you would naturally love that okay the love is not a problem but the problem is that he should have remembered that first of all Allah had already given him this ability to be there forever there was no problem he could have stayed there and also Allah had already in uh, warned him that don't follow him because indeed he is going to send you outside and then you would start suffering but as I said because he didn't expect someone can tell lie you know such such a you know big lies so he listened they both ate from that tree as far as I remember neither here nor in any other place in the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts the responsibility on Eve you know because uh, sometimes people think that Eve was responsible for deceiving Adam or for the for example uh, deception of Adam by Shaitan somehow Eve was also important you know and paid play the role but as far as I remember and I have been thinking about it uh, I don't remember any uh, verse that Allah puts the responsibility only on Eve indeed it seems that Adam himself is more responsible because one is that Allah says you know oh Adam be careful this is your enemy and do not enemy of your wife do not let him to send you outside also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says they both ate from 
that tree. But then at the end says, وَأَسَى آدَمُ رَبَّهُ Even doesn't say, أَسَى آدَمُ It seems that we cannot find any reason in the Quran to put blame on Eve. If there is a blame, it's put on both of them, but very much more it seems to be put on Adam. Why? Because the expectation from Adam was more. Allah already had given him lots of blessings and had uh, you know, taught him and warned him. And he was Khalifatullah. He was the wise agent of God. You know, as you know, the expectations from people varies depending on their level. Hasanatul abrar, sayyatul muqarrabin. Sometimes something which is good from a person, if the same thing is done by another person, can be bad. Imagine, for example, a painting. A painting which is drawn by a person who goes to primary school. If the same painting is drawn by a person who is going <coughs> to university and has, you know, courses on arts and, you know, painting and so on and so forth. If the same painting is uh, drawn by such an advanced student, we don't praise him. But if this is done by a primary school, we say, oh, mashallah, you have done great painting. We may give, an, give him even, for example, a prize. So, Hasanatul Abrar, Sayyatul Muqarrabin. So, although Eve was also somehow responsible, but it seems that expectations from Adam was, were more, and the responsibility of Adam was more. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَأَكَلَا مِنْهَا They both ate from that tree. Which means they ate from the fruit of that tree. One of the things that quickly happened, You know, in that garden, they didn't need to worry about dress, as we had before. They didn't need to worry about food. They didn't need to worry about drink. They didn't need to worry about heat. But, you know, hunger takes some time to appear. Thirst takes something. You know, for example, if you um, were full and you didn't need any food or drink, then the food and drink are stopped. So it takes a few hours so that you become again hungry or thirsty. Or, for example, heat. It may take, you know, some time. It becomes hot. But dress is something that as soon as you become naked, you realize. So, they ate from that tree. Quickly, their private parts became obvious. So, this is... Uh, the very one of the, or at least one of the very first results of this mistake so what they did because they were 
you know, understanding, they were intelligent, they had haya, they had shame, you know, right, rightful shame. Haya means true shame. So, what they did, they quickly started covering themselves. So, they started putting from the leaves of heaven on their body to cover themselves. Uh, because, you know, there was no clothes that they could, you know, put on and, you know, cover themselves. And they were, you know, clever, so they quickly found some, you know, leaves and they uh, started to cover themselves by using those leaves. This is very important. This is the summary of what happened. This is the explanation of what Adam did. Adam disobeyed his Lord. And as a result, he went astray. He went to the wrong direction. Okay, here there are uh, many discussions about this asa, this masia. Is this a sin in the sense that we normally use? If so, then how can we say that prophets were masum, were infallible, were immune with respect to mistakes and sins? even from childhood, even in their personal life. You know, if you are interested uh, in the book Shi Islam, Origins, Faith and Practices, I have a discussion about Isma, about infallibility, and I have explained that all Muslims, Sunni, Shia alike, believe that the prophets were masum, were infallible, they didn't make mistakes or commit sins, with respect to delivery of the message of God. So in prophetic life, they were masum. This is agreed by all Muslims. But they disagree about their personal life or about the life before becoming a prophet. For example, some Sunni Muslims have the idea that the prophets may make minor sins in the personal life or some say they may make unintentional sins in their personal life or they may have committed even big sins like shirk like worshiping idol in a period of their life but they then repent they become good and then they can become a prophet the shia have the idea that the prophets were masum, were infallible, before and after they become prophets. In personal life and in prophetic life. I have mentioned the rational argument for that in the book Shi Islam, Arjun's Faith and Practices. But sometimes people also try to bring counter examples. Maybe as an objection. Or just for the sake of understanding, there's no problem in asking questions. We very much like to 
encourage people to ask questions for understanding. So one question that people may ask is, what about Prophet Adam If he was a prophet, why he committed a sin? Even if you, for example, say that he became a prophet afterwards, still, why he committed a sin before he became a prophet? This is a good question, but you have to know this is, this is not a new question. This is a question which was asked in early Islam. For example, we have a hadith from Imam Reza alayhi salam. In the same you know place in Biharul Anwar, but instead of page 163, page 164, the next page. Biharul Anwar, volume 11, page 164. There is a reference to a famous hadith, which is actually about a conversation between Imam Raza alayhi salam and Ma'amun. Ma'amun, the Abbasid Caliph, the son of Harun al-Rashid, he asked Imam Raza alayhi salam. The question was this, you know, he actually asked about also some of the uh, other prophets, but the question about Prophet Adam is this. Uh, he said, Yabna Rasulullah, Alaysa min qawlika anna al-anbiya ma'sumun, O son of the Prophet, son of the Messenger of God, don't you believe, don't you say that the Prophets were ma'sum? Imam alayhi salam said, Bala, yes, this is my idea. Qal, then Ma'mun said, فَمَا مَعْنَا قَوْلِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ وَعَصَى آدَمُ رَبَّهُ فَغَوَى So in that case, what is the meaning of this ayah of the Qur'an? Which is the ayah from Surah Taha that we are talking about. وَعَصَى آدَمُ رَبَّهُ فَغَوَى Adam disobeyed his Lord and went astray. فَقَالَ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ Imam Raza alayhi salam explained. Of course, we have also other hadith about this ayah. And uh, you can, you know, have multiple answers, different answers. So one answer is given here. Imam alayhi salam said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى قَالَ لِآدَمُ أُسْكُنْ أَنْتَ وَزَوْجُكَ الْجَنَّةِ Allah said to Adam, you and your wife settle in the garden, in the heaven. وَكُلَا مِنْهَا رَغَدًا حَيْثُ شِئْتُمَا Eat from this as much as you like, any place that you like. But don't get close to this tree. Don't approach this tree. Imam said, Allah referred to the tree uh, which was bearing wheat. Actually, this was also a question that is asked, you know, from imams about what type of uh, tree was that. And interestingly, in one hadith, you know, says that it can be uh, wheat and at the same time uh, grape, you know, th there's no problem because the trees of the uh, heaven could have different fruits. So, uh, I don't want to go into that discussion, but that's a beautiful discussion. Maybe sometime we can talk about it. Uh, my point is about the concept of sin here. Then Allah said, فَتَكُونَ مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ If you go near that tree, you become one of the 
unjust people, one of those who do injustice. وَلَمْ يَقُلْ لَهُمَا لَا تَأْكُلَا مِنْ هَادِهِ الشَّجَرَةِ وَلَا مِمَّا كَانَ مِنْ جِنْسَهَا Allah didn't say don't eat from this tree and any tree similar to this tree which for example bears the same fruits. So what Adam did Adam and Eve didn't go near that particular tree. And they ate from another tree which was similar. Then Imam according to this hadith says the reason also was the temptation and the evil suggestions of uh, Iblis and one of the things that Iblis said was this he said Allah asked you not to go close to this tree but he didn't say don't eat from this tree what Allah said was another tree and didn't say don't eat from this one and the reason also was to avoid you becoming eternal. And they didn't have any experience of anyone lying something and fabricating a lie and attributing to God. And then, this is important. Please listen carefully to this part. First, they ate from that tree because they trusted his wow when you know he said for example wallahi i want good for you they trusted this was before he became a prophet it was not a major sin that if you commit, then you go or you deserve to be sent to hell. This was one of the minor issues. That a prophet, before becoming a prophet, before receiving wah, may do. When Allah made him a prophet, then he was ma'asum, he was infallible. After that, he would never do any sin, whether it's minor or major. Personal or non-personal, he never do anything. But before becoming a prophet, he may have done something minor. Okay. What does it mean? It means that sin is something that if you do, you deserve punishment. For Adam السلام, this was not the case. 
this scene was something that in legal sense, in fiqhi sense, was not a sin. Because Allah didn't say, if you do this, you would be going to hell or you would be punished by fire. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, if you do this, you would need to live here and have miserable life outside. As we called, this was nahya irshadi. What does it mean? It means that sometimes a person gives you an instruction, but as a teacher, as a guide, as an expert, says if you do this, this is the result. So if you do it, then you would see the result. If a doctor tells you, don't eat this food, because then you would have, for example, blood pressure. Okay. So if you eat that food, what is the result? The result is blood pressure. It's not that the doctor, you know, says in addition to having blood pressure, you have disobeyed me. I am going to punish you. I am going to take you to the court, for example. I'm going to sue you. So sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us instructions as a master, Mawlavi, therefore if you don't do it, you deserve punishment. He may forgive, but you deserve punishment. But sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives instructions not as a Mawla, not as a master. He gives instruction as a teacher, as a guide, as an expert, as a person who has knowledge. He says, you know, if you do this, you would have health, for example. If you don't do this, you would lose your health. Okay, so if you don't listen, then... What is the punishment? There is no punishment. If there is punishment, it's just the result that you are going to see. Not punishment in the sense of fire. So, Prophet Adam didn't commit a sin in the sense that we talk about it. Which is something that Deserve, you know, make you deserve punishment. Even minor sins, if you insist on them, then you deserve punishment. Or as some ulama have said, that world was not the world of obligation. There was test, there was examination, but no taklif, no obligation. And Prophet in this planet, in this world that we live in, dunya should be masum when there is taklif, when there is obligation. So, Prophet Adam was masum, but masum in the world that we are concerned with, and that is dunya. He wants to be a role model in dunya, he wants to be a prophet in dunya, and he has to be ma'asum here. And before that, there is another world, there is no sin in the sense that we are talking about. It's wrong to compare these two worlds. Okay. But, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is merciful, is kind. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew that this was not 
because Adam is a bad person, Eve was a bad person. No, this was a mistake. This was lack of determination. As we said before, this was because, you know, they trusted someone that they shouldn't trust because they didn't have experience. They were naive, but they were not good people. Unlike Iblis, Iblis was insisting on his mistake and then started uh, challenging and questioning Allah's wisdom and saying that you have misguided me. Now I'm going to misguide, you know, all these people. Adam was not like that. Adam didn't want to rebel against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then his Lord chose him. Allah returned to him, accepted his tawbah, or prepared him for tawbah, because as we, I think, said in some of the previous discussions, that every tawbah, every return of us is surrounded by two returns from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. First, he comes to us to prepare us and invite us for tawbah. Then we do tawbah. Then he comes again to accept tawbah. Sometimes the Quran says, Allah return to them so that they can return. So this is the preparation for tawbah. Like, you know, your child has gone out of home and has, you know, or run away you send someone say you know please go and bring my child i want to forgive him but i need you know to send someone else because if i go after him either he run away more or for example he will be spoiled and so on and so forth so you ask someone to go and bring him or you yourself send a message and say you know come back when he comes back and you know says you know sorry i made mistake then you hug him you kiss him you give him gift so you do two things. You initiate this process by preparing him, inviting him, and then after he returns and appreciates this, then you accept his tawbah. So Prophet Adam salam, was chosen by Allah. Then he turned to him, his God turned to Adam, Wahada and guided him. Okay, this is beautiful side of it. But what about their place? Could they stay in heaven? No. Allah Allah said, Ihbata. Ihbata in Arabic is used for two people. Is Muthanna. Ihbatu is for plural, three and more. In some places, you know, we have Ihbatu. But here we have Ihbata, which means, presumably, means Adam and Eve, as Mufassirin, you know, many Mufassirin have said. Allah said to Adam and Eve, descend, come down. Ihbata. But this is plural. 
descend you to descend while you are enemies for each other for some of you is enemy for the other here is plural Mufassirin have said that here Allah is referring to Adam and Eve and Satan so the, you two Adam and Eve come down descend then Adam and Eve would have an enemy also with them on the earth and that is Iblis who is Adolf? Adam and Eve or Satan? Although enmity in a sense can be mutual, but you have to know that indeed Adam and Eve didn't want to harm Satan. Didn't want to. So in a sense, we can say enmity is from one side. You know, if someone is an enemy of, for example, a very good person, an enemy of God or you know, enemy of Adam and Eve, for sure we know that the enmity starts with the other party, not from the Prophet or Adam. Because they didn't want to harm anyone. Who is enemy? Enemy is the one who loves to harm you. But Adam and Eve didn't want to harm Iblis. They didn't want to harm anyone. It was Iblis who was enemy, showing enmity to them. Anyway, Allah said, come down. But even here, you have to be careful. You have an enemy here. And indeed, your enemy now is more dangerous. Because in that heaven, in that garden, your enemy could, you know, make something to send you outside. But here, your enemy can make you to suffer in hell. In that garden, if you make a mistake and come out, you come to dunya. But if in dunya you make a mistake, there is nothing else other than hell. So, you know, so it's like a building which has three floors. If you come from the third floor down, you go to the second floor. If you come to the second floor and go down, you go to the first floor. But then there is nothing else. So that garden, earth, and then hell. But now, if a guidance comes from me, because in the earth you need guidance, because there is taklif, there is obligation on the earth, there is taklif. And although by your reason, by your aql, you can understand, but still Allah will send you guidance in the form of prophets and books. Okay, now when the guidance comes to you, Whoever follows my guidance, he would not go astray and he would not suffer. This is very beautiful. One of the very important points in the Quran. In the discussion about suffering for dearborn, uh, I have explained this point in the first session, I think, which is on the website. Quran study. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, if you go outside garden, fatashqa, you would suffer. Okay? So it means that the nature of this world, this dunya, is suffering. La jannah But, mu'minin who follow Allah's guidance, 
they even in this dunya can avoid suffering la yashqa what type of suffering physical suffering no you cannot avoid that illness you know death these type of things can come but spiritual suffering suffering of heart suffering of soul suffering in iman suffering in akhlaq a mu'min can have very joyful happy spiritual life this is what we call hayat tayyib this is the goodly pleasant life this is the life of the people that la khawfun alayhim wa they don't have any fear they don't grieve although maybe they physically suffer so this is a very beautiful point that a mu'min who has achieved this hayat tayyib this pleasant life is experiencing a type of life that people of heaven have who have no suffering as far as their soul is concerned their spirit is concerned yes body in dunya you cannot you know uh, make sure uh, that your body would not have any problem any pain any hunger and thirst no this side we don't have control but with respect to spirit you can have the same experience of joy that people of heaven have of course in heaven would be more would be stronger would be clearer but i'm saying still in dunya you can have a life of soul a life of the spirit which is without suffering okay then allah talks about the people whose life is very miserable because they are not remembering allah so inshallah we talk about this in the verse 124 next week inshallah and I hope next week I will be in Qom. So we will have, inshallah, our next session, inshallah, from Qom. Okay, I stop here. If you have any question, please put forward. Question one. Salam alaikum salam. You have mentioned numerous times that it is good for a sign for a moment to suffer and his level is very high in heaven. Today you mentioned that a moment can avoid suffering. Uh, okay. As I said, suffering has two types. Suffering in body, like illness, like death, like hunger, like thirst, like, I don't know, poverty. These are the sufferings that can happen to a moment. You can be a prophet and be ill. Like Ayub You can be a prophet and lose your children or family or be poor this is something that is possible to happen to a moment and indeed a moment is very likely to have some kind of suffering in dunya and those who are higher they would have more but what i said a moment would not have which is of course what allah says in the quran is the suffering of the soul something that makes your life miserable you would not have a meaningful life you know a prophet for example prophet muhammad he suffered more than anyone else as we said in the discussions about suffering the prophet said no prophet was annoyed like me he suffered a lot he became orphaned before he was born he lost his father when he was very young he lost his mother then he lost his grandfather you know when he was in need of support he lost his uncle his wife 
So he suffered a lot, but did make this the life of the prophet spiritually miserable? Did this make the life of the prophet spiritually meaningless? Did the prophet regret why he has been created? Because, you know, when you have a miserable life spiritually, so you may think, I wish I was not created. No, this was not the case with the prophet. So, this is why, you know, we sometimes say in dua, Allahumma la taj'al musibatana fi deenana. Oh Allah, please do not make our suffering in our religion, in our faith. So if I suffer, I want to suffer. If it is to me to choose, I want to suffer not in my iman, not in my akhlaq, not in my deen. In worldly issues, in physical issues, in material issues, which are going to finish sooner or later. Okay, question two. If your body is in pain, won't your spirit be affected by the physical pain? Your spirit would be affected in the sense that you would feel the pain. Because the pain, even if it is for body, is felt by the spirit. Philosophers have explained this, that pain and pleasure are experiences of the soul. But this doesn't mean that your soul, your spirit, would have miserable spiritual life. If, for example, Ayyub was feeling the pain in his body, was this making Ayyub a person who was far from Allah, or a person who was regretting why he was created, or a person who was complaining to Allah? Subhanahu wa ta'ala? No. So, body is like the surface. In the surface, there can be some disturbance, but deep there is tranquility. This is the example of moment. Question three. When shaitan disobeyed Allah, Allah told him to get out of heaven. So how come he was still in heaven there to mislead Adam after Allah had told him to get out? Uh, he was uh, first rejected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but he had permission to stay and then he was asked to leave heaven. So this happened uh, um, in different stages. One was rejection. And second was asking to leave the heaven. Okay, uh, it seems that we had only three questions. And I think, uh, okay, one more question came. Is there a kind of a spiritual suffering of the heart due to the well barrier that being in this dunya causes between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when there is such a longing to leave this dunya and be closer to Allah in paradise and with Ahlulayt? Yes, There's, there is possibility that you can have a kind of a spiritual suffering. But look at this. Although, for example, Imagine a person who is longing very much for um, closeness to Allah or very much longing to see, for example, you know, friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like Imam Zaman. This suffering is not totally negative. Actually, it's a beautiful suffering. When you miss 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you want to be very close to him and you want to enjoy the beauty of prayer, and you, or for example, when you think that you are not doing enough for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yes, there is pain, but this is beautiful. Or for when you are sorry for your mistakes, this is beautiful. This is not a sign of weakness. This is not a sign of darkness. Yes, this is a sign of being in transition. And some of these conditions actually would remain with a moment till end of his life. It's not that a moment would reach the point that he would be very much satisfied with himself and his achievements. As long as we are in this dunya, we should never be satisfied with ourselves and we should never be too much you know, happy with our achievements. So, this pain, this uh, worry, this concern that may make a moment cry over his sins, over his actions, over you know, loss in his life, you know, this is something that at the same time is beautiful. And this is why, you know, when you cry over your sins, you feel uplifted. You feel you are enlightened. You feel that the burden is reduced. Okay, we stop here. Uh, we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to safeguard ourselves against Satan and against our own nafsa ammare which command to do bad things. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to follow the prophets, to follow imams, to follow good believers, to follow good teachers, good alims that Allah has provided us with. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to let us be in dunya and akhirah with good people, to be with the righteous people in dunya and akhirah, inshallah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us, our families, our community, from anything which is bad in this life. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to unite all the believers and put them together and bring their hearts together, inshallah, and closer. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give shifa and healing to all who are ill and suffer in their body. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give shifa and healing to all people who suffer in their spirit. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make the last moment of our life the best moment of our life, insha'Allah. Iltimasa dua. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.